0: Hello and welcome to The Dirt, in association with the DC Thompson Shop. This is the podcast that digs everything you do in the garden. I'm Grow Your Own Magazine's editor, Laura, and I'm joined by GYO's content writer, Sophie. On today's episode, we'll be discussing some interesting news from the world of horticulture, as well as covering off all the must-do gardening tasks for the week. But first, we welcome gardening author and container growing expert, Mark Ridsdale-Smith discuss all things vertical gardening hello mark how are you this afternoon
1: hi i'm great thank you how are you
0: yes good thank you everything in the garden has been thriving
1: (laughs) oh that's good 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 it's a a bit it's a bit cooler up here in Newcastle and it's been very windy Ah, yeah I always feel a bit upset when I look outside and see my plants being buffeted around by the wind but uh, things are still growing in the warmth as well yeah
0: have you had to put any wind protection in place um
1: well I've sort of sort have of tried that in the past and the trouble is that if you're sort of doing this at home, which I am, you know, and in containers mm. it can look a bit ugly and it's uh, and actually the place where I get the worst wind, wind, there isn't really a suitable place to put up a windbreak Yeah. Um, on my balcony, when I grew on a balcony, i I I used to do that actually I used to put up a windbreak and that was very very effective Mm. but here there isn't really a good way so I just have to grin and bear it
0: yeah and so before we dive in with our um with our question about your successes if it would be possible for you to tell us a little bit about your garden and um your experience obviously growing in containers and vertically and everything like that
1: yes okay yes definitely um well, I started growing when I lived in London. I lived in a flat which had a balcony mm. and some window sills, uh, but it didn't have any garden. Uh, and there was something inside me. Uh, I was sort of—it was about fifteen years ago—and something in my inside me really wanted to grow food. Mm. Um, and I tried to get an allotment, and it was just completely impossible uh, in Camden where I lived. Oh. So. <clears throat> Really, the only sort of option I had was to, to, to try it on the balcony and windowsills. And I think I sort of I had no idea what was going to happen. I think I think I've expected that I have a little bit of rocket here and there and yeah. maybe the odd bit of herb. So when I sort of really sort of went for it, I was just really surprised to find that we could actually uh, pick food, um, you know, every day, really. Mm. And it really made a substantial difference to the food that we ate mm-hmm. and um, it, it changed our lives in all sorts of other ways as well. Like we started meeting neighbours and uh, we ate better and we started recycling our food. And at the same time, I was sort of cycling around London and seeing all these empty spaces, all these empty balconies and concrete spaces. And it was a time when lots of people wanted to grow food yeah. and they couldn't get allotments. And I was thinking, gosh, you know, it was just so much opportunity here for people to grow food mm. uh, in containers so that's when I sort of started uh, Vertical Veg which is a website which I run which is really all about supporting uh, and inspiring people to grow food yeah. in small spaces in containers mm-hmm. um, and since that time we've moved up to Newcastle and when we moved to Newcastle I thought oh well there won't be any interest in my work up here because every you know there's lots of allotments here it's quite easy to get an allotment. Um, a lot more space but actually here and i think probably being quite a lot of northern cities a lot of houses don't actually have gardens mm. they have like concrete backyards and concrete front yards yeah uh so actually there's been you know my work has really continued up here and i've been doing as well as doing the sort of work online i've been running workshops for people locally and how to create a an edible garden in a concrete backyard or a or a concrete front yard
2: mm. oh fantastic
0: and you mentioned sort of walking around and seeing all the concrete and windowsills and various things do you think that since you started growing in containers yourself does it make you see the landscape differently would you say you see opportunities in a lot of places now
1: oh yeah definitely yeah I mean wherever I'm walking around I'm always thinking oh yes that would uh, that would make a great Um, a great place to to grow food or just to grow anything really in in containers and i think i also am very very aware of how much when people do how much it changes the the feel of the street so Mm. for some streets um in newcastle for example where you can walk down and it's basically concrete all the way no one's really got any plants and it feels quite bleak and it feels quite um, a bit depressing sometimes, yeah. um, but there are other streets. Actually, everything about them is exactly the same, but people have really made an effort, and they've got plant pots out the front, and uh, there's you know lots of foliage, and it just changes the whole the whole feel of the, of a the street. And I'm really interested, you know, in that as well. How you know how growing can uh, I think it sort of gets people when people start growing like that, as well, they, they get out on the street yeah. to look after their plants, and then they meet people uh you know they meet them I may get into conversations with other people passing by um so yeah I'm sort of constantly aware really of how growing in the city can change our relationship with the city and uh yeah
2: (laughs) yeah absolutely And, and like you say it's such a a multifaceted thing isn't it gardening you you sort of you have the The joy of growing your own food but at the same time you're connecting with new people and you're sharing that passion and and it becomes very very communal sort of thing doesn't it it's enjoyed by everybody and everybody has the ability to do it in any space that they have
1: yeah no absolutely and um i think the thing i was quite surprised about that to begin with because i sort of always imagined that community gardens and uh, allotments would be very good for sort of community on the community side but i didn't really think so much that growing at home on your own in containers would be, but actually it turns out, and you know, it's not just me, but I know lots of people who grow at home in containers and who have found it's been a great way to to meet others um, in the community because of people seeing you chatting but then as you say all those opportunities it has for swapping plants and swapping yeah. recipes and swapping tips and, yeah uh, exactly. and it's lovely because it's sort of cross-cultural as well you know it's uh, an age as well it cuts across all ages and uh, and, and, and divisions so it's uh it's, it's great from that point of
0: view absolutely yeah um so, bringing you on to your own growing experience, what would you say have been some of the biggest successes that you've had in the
1: garden? Ah, <laughs> well, I guess, I guess, I guess the thing really in a way that I've been most pleased about has been the fact that, you know, from, from a variety of different small spaces, um, which in, at first sight would look pretty unpromising, we have managed to grow enough food to make a big difference to the food that we eat so mm. we are eating things from what we've grown at home pretty much every day of the year I mean right in midwinter it's, it's just the occasional thing mm. um so I think you know discovering that that's possible and that we've been able to do that has been um amazing and I would I would say early on my big successes were things like with salads uh, leafy yeah. things mm-hmm. um microgreens uh, uh things like uh, runner beans and uh tomatoes uh those were sort of my big successes early on more recently because i think we are now a bit more established we've been in house longer for a longer period of time we've been living where we are now for seven years yeah and i've sort of developed quite a fruit orchard
3: oh lovely amazing in
1: in my in my front yard and that that has been been wonderful really because as it's getting established it's getting extremely productive so i've got an apple tree one apple tree produces sort of over 100 apples um but we have blackberries blueberries uh, raspberries Chilean guavas japanese wine berries wow.
3: a plum
1: tree um and a tree, which aren't really very productive yet but all the rest are um uh, are and um it's been brilliant because it's less work than growing annual vegetables, mm. um, and it has other benefits in that you get the you know nearly all of them blossom yeah. in the spring, and uh, things like the the blackberry was just just finished flowering, but it has been flowering profusely, and it's just been covered in bees every time oh. every time I walk outside, and so uh, yeah, so it's sort of I guess there's I guess I've just I I've, one of the things I've discovered is there's lots of different you know sorts of gardens you can you can create in um, containers you know you might create a herb garden or a salad garden or a fruit orchard or you know a mixture of all those things but I guess you know as as time gone on I've learned about different different ways and different different options.
0: Yeah and I think as well a fruit orchard when you talk about a container garden that's probably not something that springs to people's minds when you first think about it so it's really lovely for I guess the people in your community as well to see what the possibilities are.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's, uh, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't have immediately strike me that that would be, that would be a good thing to to grow in, in containers. But uh, yeah, it seems to work really well. And a lot of the fruits don't need to have full sun. So be, my front yard is north facing, um, and uh, yeah, the fruit seem to do uh, seem to do fine there. For for people who want a garden but don't want to spend hours and hours doing it, um, it's definitely an easier option than growing your annual, you know, growing your carrots and mm. <laughs> and, uh, and your cabbages and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, um, just bringing you on to um, some of the challenges of container growing. Um, obviously, growing in pots and containers, certain crops can need more close attention to watering and things like that how have you found that you've overcome any of the challenges like that while growing in containers
1: yeah so that's a that's a great question and it's quite interesting now because we do also have um, an allotment which actually my wife looks like a more than me these days <laughs> but it's been very interesting to compare and contrast the amount of work involved in the sort of container garden and the allotment and the thing about container nodding, as you and as you've just mentioned really is I mean one of the big challenges is is the watering and the thing about about that is that it does require regular commitment that's that's the thing about it but then it doesn't necessarily need to take very long and then the secret really is if you have a water source quite close to your where your containers are so if you have a tap or a water butt, actually you know it's actually possible to um water a container garden you know depending on the size obviously but many can be done in just five or ten um five or ten minutes a day mm-hmm. so for me for, with watering it's sort of having a a, a, a daily routine and mm-hmm. i just do it first thing in the morning and actually i find it a really pleasurable way to start the day to go outside and observe the plants and see how they're growing and maybe think about what we might eat for for, um um for supper in the evening. Um and but I mean the advantage of I think the so that that in some ways is is more of a commitment than an allotment because you don't you can leave often and leave an allotment for a few weeks. But but the benefit of the um of the container garden is that it's it's literally on my doorstep.
3: Yeah.
1: And you know, while it takes ten minutes to walk to the allotment that's 10 minutes there and 10 minutes back so that's 20 minutes before you've done anything yeah. <laughs> and it probably takes longer than that by the time you've got everything you sorted out whereas you know I can literally just pop outside and I'm you know it's, I'm, I'm immediately uh, on hand to to do anything and and as well as you know being very quick and easy to uh, to do things like watering yeah I can also pop outside and pick something i want to eat or um you know just do a little job you know i've got 10 minutes spare at lunchtime just pop outside and uh, you know sow some seeds uh, so i find that but that, that works that works really well but 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 here's the thing about the about a container garden is it is um it is the um daily commitment and and if you go away you have to find someone to <laughs> to uh, do um do the watering for you <laughs>
0: Although I suppose with uh, the opportunity for a share in some of those lovely fruits while you're (laughs) away, it probably doesn't feel like too hard of a trade-off,
1: I would think. Well, exactly. I mean, that is the nice thing about it. And, you know, it's always a, I mean, it's another opportunity for sharing as well. You know, it has been a good way to, you know, me and my neighbour, we swap and i've had other people from a city who've come and you know actually sort of traveled to get here because they, they haven't got a containing on and they really have really enjoyed the opportunity to uh you know to water it and to pick the as you say to pick the produce and you need someone to pick the produce while you're away because you don't want to come back and find all your courgettes have turned into marrows and, <laughs> yeah. and your you know your blackberries have gone rotten on the bush or whatever so yeah no that's absolutely absolutely right
2: absolutely and um now it's lovely to see things going right on the plot but obviously on on the dirt we also like to celebrate the failures at the same time um now have there been any clumsy mistakes or little um failures that you've come across that that you'd like to share anything that can make us giggle
1: (laughs) okay well yeah um I mean, it's a, it's always a long list of things, isn't it? And uh, I'm always, you know, I'm always very keen on, you know celebrating the fact that lots of things don't go don't don't go very well. yeah, um, I mean, one of the the classic mistakes I made early on is when I first started on my on my balcony, I spent probably four or five days, sort of in my evenings building this beautiful container. I was very proud of it made out of wood and after i filled it with soil it was basically movable once i had because it was a big one and started growing on it i realized that i had actually made it in the shadiest part of the balcony oh, where no. it got very little sun <laughs> so if i'd actually looked at where the sun went um before i built it i would have uh, obviously put it in a completely different place so that was version <laughs> that was mark one <laughs>
0: I mean the bench. enthusiasm was there though. <laughs> yeah.
1: The enthusiasm the enthusiasm was definitely yeah the enthusiasm was definitely there. And you know it was good learning because I'd learned from that but that wasn't the place and you need yeah. to before and now whenever I move to a new house I always grow in sort of simple easy to move around plastic pots for a year. To get an idea of where the sun falls, because this is one of the things about growing in small spaces in the city is that you tend to find that the spaces have um, sort of complex patterns of sun and shade. So identifying the sunny bits to put, mm. you know, your sun-loving crops um, is like a key thing to do um, in the early in the early stages. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's things like that. We we kind of you, you don't think about when you're planning. You, where you're going to grow do you? you sort of skip over these things but they're actually the most important things that we can <laughs> that we can think about yeah. when we're planning so it's it's good to know that and also with trial and error putting things in different in the wrong places like you say you can eventually get the best setup possible can't you from learning
1: yeah one of the benefits of containers is you can keep well, as long as you don't do what I did and build a fixed immovable one, but in general <laughs> you can move them around. Yeah. From, uh, that's true.
0: Yeah. From one
1: place to another.
0: Mm-hmm. Um also we would love to know if you have any cheeky little growing shortcuts or quick tips because obviously um as as you touched on earlier, not everybody has loads of time to spend in the garden. So um yeah, do you have any speedy tips for the listeners
1: uh well you yes, say it'd, it'd be interesting to know which, what you've sort of discussed before i mean the ones that are really sort of easy workaround but i do quite a lot is planting up um, supermarket herbs mm. things like mint and basil and things like that it
3: yeah. saves
1: a lot of time uh, just to buy those and split them up and put them into bigger pots yeah, yeah. Um, and the plants
0: are a lot happier for it
1: afterwards. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah, absolutely. I'm just yeah, I, I I'm trying to think of if I've got any other quick work around. I mean, there's quite a lot of sort of money saving things. You know. Oh like yeah, we just love just a finding, money saving
0: tip as well. We do. <laughs> okay, well,
1: but well, there's so many. There's so many. Um, containers and things you can find for free and the thing i'm growing a lot in at the moment which it's one of those things they sort of think about recycled containers is they turn up when you're not looking for them when you start (laughs) looking for them it could be hard to find but you know those crates they use in supermarkets um now for things like Aldi and little you go in and they have all the veg in those big sort of green crates and they use them in all supermarkets well sometimes you find them lying around or there's a food bank near me where supermarkets were delivering loads of food in those crates but never mm. coming to collect them so we need to get rid of them so I got a whole load of them and they just turn out to be just like a brilliant size for growing yeah. food in them and um, they're like sort of mini they're containers but they're almost as big as mini raised beds mm. but they've got the advantage that they've got carrying handles on them yes um, the only thing about them is they have holes in the bottom so you have to put like a couple of layers of newspaper down to so that the Mm. compost doesn't all through but as soon as the roots grow in they will hold on to the soil so not much will come out out of the holes at the bottom uh so those have been those have been really great and the other thing i use a lot of is the buckets um but when you go into a supermarket they often have like a stand with flowers on and the flowers tend to be in these black plastic buckets and those are really good for like herbs and things like that um or some leafy veg um yeah so uh I always like to find. Uh, yeah, to, it's always, 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 always rewarding to be able to find things for free. Yeah, definitely. And use them to grow in. <clears throat> yeah. And also,
0: there's the benefit of that that you're then reusing something that may well have just been thrown away. So,
2: it's it's a win on all fronts, really, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: And um, if you've learned one thing in your time um, gardening over the years and growing in containers, um, what would you say? Is is the biggest lesson that you've learned and you'd pass on?
1: Um, well, one thing I would say is, we've already sort of discussed this: is not worrying when things go wrong. Yeah, <laughs> because I think we all we all make you know we all make mistakes, and I think sometimes people, when we start off, think that actually if it's something doesn't go right, that they can't grow. There's something wrong with what they're doing and lose confidence. And I think it's really important people realise that that is actually not about not being a but we all experience that, and particularly. Mm. More early on, but uh, we all do, even when we're we're very experienced. And uh, I think the other thing that has probably made the biggest difference to my growing than anything else, and this is something I talk actually about in my book. Uh, I've written a book on uh, uh, called the Vertical Veg Guide to Container Gardening. Yes, um, yeah. is about um, is is getting a wormery mm. um, because wormeries are just fantastic because they enable you to compost all your waste food at home in a very small space, we don't smell. But the worm compost is just brilliant for container gardening because you it has all the nutrients that plants need. Um, but in addition to that, it has it's absolutely teeming with microbial life, bacteria and fungi. Mm, yeah. And plants really need that relationship with bacteria and fungi to grow healthily until their full potential. Yeah. But quite often in a container that is gonna be lacking. You know, it's mm-hmm. not there's not gonna be anywhere near as, as much as there would be in, in open ground where all that sort of all that microbial life will be be flourishing. So when I got a uh, wormery and I started adding worm compost uh, both into my comp- into my mix as before planting, but then sometimes as a layer a mulch on top, uh, sort of halfway through the growing season, I really noticed uh, how positively my plants responded to that. Yeah. How health more healthily they grew. Ah, uh, greater abundance and also much more resistant. I've got had much far fewer pest problems as well yeah. because, oh, lovely, when plants are healthy and they get all the nutrients they need and have that relationship with bacteria and fungi, um, they just get much stronger and are much able to resist mm-hmm. uh, the, the most common garden pests.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so just before we let you go, would you um just be able to? Let everybody know um, where they can find your website.
1: Yes, of course. So it's uh, it's called Vertical Veg. If you type in Vertical Veg, hopefully it should come up. Uh, the full address is, uh, well, com gets you there or verticalveg.org.uk uh, gets you there as well.
0: Brilliant. brilliant. So um, people can find lots more brilliant vertical and container growing advice there and um also in your brilliant book that you mentioned as well so um yes thank you very much for chatting with us it's been really great talking to you and um i definitely feel inspired to add some more containers to my garden now.
2: oh me too me too i'm <laughs> gonna put a lot more things in pots uh, plus i'm running out of room in my vegetable bed so this is the perfect time to do it, so, it is. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely okay. thank you so much mark it's been lovely to speak to you thanks mark it's my pleasure Thank you.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for
4: talking to me. DC Thompson Shop has a wide range of garden plants, accessories, and gifts. Save up to 50% with many collections. For a garden that takes care of itself with effortless, low-maintenance plants, the shop has lots of popular bulbs, bedding plants, and ground cover perennials too. For real garden enthusiasts, there is a choice of more unusual varieties. However green your fingers, there is something for everyone. Visit dcthompsonshop.co.uk and place your order today.
2: Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. How are you doing? Good. Yeah, yeah. Not bad, thank you. Good. Got my cup of tea. <laughs> so I'm all sorted. I'm trying to drink more water, so I'm on to my nearly my second bottle of the day. <laughs> oh, Gold star.
4: <laughs> <laughs> How are things been on in the garden recently? Dry?
2: Dry. Yeah. very very Dusting. dry yeah yeah it's um also full of caterpillars mm. I think I mentioned before but they're absolutely everywhere <laughs> and I've sort of given up with them <laughs> oh. yeah. Yeah. I mean is, there
0: comes a point yeah. which battle do you fight well this is it and then sometimes it feels like some move
4: out and then some move in yeah but then speaking of garden pests I mean I did find a very handy hack which I hadn't actually heard of before in terms of um, trying to get rid of slugs Mm. keep slugs at bay um yeah gardeners world have shared that um if you sprinkle bran over Mm. soil near your crops apparently they absolutely love it and they'll just oh. eat and eat and eat and gorge themselves on it and then essentially they just become very full and bloated a bit like me after a nice dinner or something <laughs> and they then are very slow to hide away again oh, which means that they are then left for birds to come and eat them
0: hold on is brown a carb yeah so slugs are like carb loading yeah. instead yeah. of eating their healthy vegetables Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've never related
2: to a yeah. slug more.
4: <laughs> but I suppose if you do a little barrier of bran, then they've got to go past the bran, which then you know, are they going to resist the carbs? I don't know.
2: I wouldn't no. personally.
4: So, if anyone's tried this, if anyone's listening and has tried this and and thinks that it works or it doesn't work, please let us know because yeah. we're always looking for
0: new uh, methods to get rid yeah. of slugs. Mm-hmm.
4: But yeah, never had that one before, so
0: thought I'd share. That's it. really that's really interesting. Mm. Definitely would try that. I mean, I, don't, I really don't want to speak too soon, but I haven't seen that many slugs lately. Uh-huh. Maybe they're hiding from the <laughs> absolute... Maybe they've like, dried out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Potentially. Actually, it's funny you say that, talking about my caterpillars. I was pulling up some old plants the other day, and on one of the leaves, there was literally... It was a caterpillar about an inch long, and it, it was, like, hanging off by sort of feet. If you know what I mean, yeah. like the back legs, um, and it was just dry. It looked like a little. It looked like a little. Um, tweak, was it, a bit it was, to make it like chrysalis? Yeah, it might have been. I don't. It wasn't
4: moving. But then, also, people I, can't see this, but I'm really enjoying Sophie's like hand movements to go <laughs> along with the story <laughs> of the caterpillar.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, that's, I suppose that's the thing. Like, I've no. Have you ever seen? This is probably a stupid thing to say. Have you ever seen a caterpillar, like, a caterpillar or a chrysalis? Have you ever seen the in-between? So do no. they just go, like... And just harden? Yeah. It must be what what like I a Pokemon. Maybe that's yeah. what it was doing. <laughs> 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 Yes,
4: I really hope it is like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it must be fairly quick, because surely if they're left sort of, like, waiting, then they're really vulnerable then, aren't they? So they must yeah. harden quite quickly. Well, this quickly. is the thing.
2: It, was, it looked completely... Do you know, I think you're probably right. I think it might have been about to form something but I've never seen it before so I didn't know that's what happened and I suppose I get what you mean about them being
0: vulnerable but maybe a bird would see it and be like no it just looks like a crispy twig I don't want yeah that's
2: what it looked like to me so if it falls me it might fall a bird as well (laughs) although it does freak
4: me out a little bit when they're in the chrysalis and they start to like move yeah, You know, like, in that uh, final like stage. Like alien, but yeah. nature.
0: The nature Ooh. version. Mm. I mean, you know, amazing. Uh, can you set up a stop motion camera and capture the process? Yes.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm just trying to think where I've put this plant. I have a truck where I put all of my spent plants. But I don't know if I did it with that one. Definitely showed my mum before I did anything with it. What? Look at this. <laughs> What's wrong with him? <laughs> uh, oh, love it. I saw a
0: story on The Express about upcycling mm. in the garden and why it's a good idea. Yeah. Etc. Which I know we've probably discussed before. But uh I was wondering, do you upcycle in the garden? What's been your like the craziest upcycle you've done? Have you um, accidentally upcycled anything in the garden? Hmm, it's a difficult one I, I do my, it's mainly like my
4: plastics if I've got a plastic yeah. bottle i use it for a cloche or a watering like a makeshift watering can um, I have made like plant markers out of like um, milk cartons and stuff before oh, brilliant! Um, yeah but no real projects my mum's a, a project upcycler mm. she like sort of uh but that was a, a table and chairs that she did for outside I think and she completely like revamped those oh, amazing. um but nothing specifically
2: with the garden what about you Sophie I'm just trying to think I mean I know the raised bed that my boyfriend built me mm. is made from old um panels um he, he's he does fencing as well so that's mm-hmm. partly yeah <laughs> but you know I'll get all the resources the leftovers from that and that's really been perfect and once it's all painted up you don't really know the difference whether yeah, it's a new yeah. piece of wood or an old piece of wood um and these were relatively new but obviously it saves you going out and spending however much on a pre-made one even yeah. though sometimes it is easy just to do that and yeah. you know, um but yeah if you're short on, on the money <laughs> and on, on the materials you can just you yeah know. it yeah. makes so much sense doesn't it yeah. and like I say
4: it's going to do exactly the same job yeah yeah you know there's a better thing to spend your money on Makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Definitely.
0: Definitely. I think, like you, Emily, mine's mainly been, you know, water bottles becoming watering cans and things. (laughs) Yeah. But there was a, you know, last year I went through about six rounds of French beans because they kept being eaten by slugs. Mm. And this year I thought it's not happening (laughs) at all. So I constructed a barrier around them that was with some spare wood that was nailed together the wood wasn't really long enough so it's proper frankenstein's barrier like the (laughs) the bits of wood all just knocked together to make (laughs) this square that then had copper tape put around the top and the sides and then the sheep's wool pellets inside right but um i think that was quite a proud moment that i thought right i'm gonna make a barrier right i don't have anything to make a barrier out of (laughs) went into the shed Oh, look, there's some old skirting board or whatever. And yeah, it was a proper whatever you can lay your hands on project. Mm. All of the nails were all different lengths. All of the bits of wood were all different lengths, but it came together. Yeah. Yeah. It did its thing. I'm a right one for saving money anyway.
4: Anything like, yeah, if I can get around not having to spend a load of money on materials Mm. to get a job done. That's, yeah. Yeah. Satisfaction right there.
0: Yeah, have you found it's helping so far, Laura? Have you? It definitely did. Um in that I've actually harvested quite a lot of French oh, beans this year. Um I would say the only issue since has been that they've been one of the biggest casualties of the weather. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, in that they were absolutely fine. I mean, I've been watering them super regularly, but they seem to have just decided it's autumn now. <laughs> So, (laughs) just given up yeah (laughs) it's been a bit of a slog this summer i think everything seems to be feeling like that because the only things that are really really um going great guns now the tomato plants Mm. the courgette plants and um i mean obviously figgy's just absolutely relishing a mediterranean climate but um but yeah the rest of the garden looks positively autumnal now
4: i'd be interested to know if any sort of plant reserves are used to cope with higher temperatures Mm. if you're growing like say a lot of edibles that we grow in this country aren't really used to really long periods of drought and Mm. intense temperatures which we seem to be experiencing more and more nowadays and i just wonder if that's what's happened the plants put a lot of its energy into maybe like recovering from like leaf scorch Mm. or or drought you know using its reserves up and then it's just spent by (laughs) this time of the year
0: yeah I, it's, um, it has been a tricky one because obviously there's all the stuff at the moment about there is a general lot of water shortage you don't want to be using irresponsible amounts of water but also yeah. certain crops as we know do they are thirsty they do need watering and I think that's been a balance but also obviously water butts and stuff n- nothing's really been happening yeah. because It hasn't rained for 15 years at this point. We're not here in (laughs) Essex anyway. (laughs) Um, But I keep Thinking, you know, when you have a shower and put little containers in there to catch the spare water and stuff, but you think at the moment it's just not touching the sign No,
4: no. Okay. I think there was meant to be a thunderstorm. I don't know where you guys lived. You had one yesterday. It really threatened it, and then all of a sudden it just went away again. Yeah. No, we had, we had <laughs> so I think, exciting. the grand total
0: of about six rain droplets, <laughs> and I felt incredibly shortchanged.
4: Yeah. Because I feel like in summers gone by, You've had you've had like this intense heat and then there's been an almighty storm and yeah. then everything sort of restores back to normal. This summer, mm. there's been continuous heat and yeah. then the threat of a thunderstorm and then it just sort of passes by without really happening. Mm. Just more heat instead. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was <laughs> weird. weird that obviously, yeah. I know we were saying this the other day, that you don't want to wish summer away, but I actually feel like for all the crazy temperatures... We haven't had a very summery feeling summer this year because yeah. it hasn't mm-hmm. been that nice sun heat with a little breeze. It's just yeah. been humid, mm. hasn't it? Just yeah. absolute humidity wall to wall. So, it's been, you yeah. know, make your gardens biodiverse, people, wow. because uh, the yeah. environment needs it. I yeah. wonder
4: how many people who, who do garden would make changes based off of what they've seen of the weather mm. do this year. You know, they would add yeah. more drought-resistant plants or... Perhaps you know, I don't know. Make more use of shady spots, or I I'm not really sure what you what you'd change exactly. But yeah, it does does make you think, doesn't it? Our our climate's certainly changing yeah. rapidly, and we need to you know do what we can to
2: help the plants, help the planet. You know, mm-hmm. absolutely, it's yeah. more more telling now than ever, isn't it? Really. Um, uh, now I know in Dorset there are a, a gentleman and a lady called Mike and Tina Clifford. Um, And they actually have dodged the perils of drought (laughs) by using their saved rainwater. They have three mammoth water baths (laughs) um, and they've been filling up since the end of the year and now obviously it's coming in handy but the real twist about their garden is that it's a completely tropical garden full of exotic plants banana trees (laughs) um, (laughs) (laughs) carnivorous plants uh, i think some poisonous plants too um and just everything you can think of that just isn't from around here basically um Mm. now i think it's been the subject of (laughs) envy uh, for a lot of the neighbors i think that they're thinking where is all this water coming from (laughs) (laughs) um but they're using a lot of the rainwater they've stored um to to carry on and it's such a showpiece of a garden i mean you can walk around it kind of from the road outside um just really passionate about it, and they've got two greenhouses as well, full of t- and they they make the cuttings, they grow them from the cuttings themselves.
1: Oh, um,
2: even donated some to Kew Gardens, some of the rarer ones. Amazing! So, uh, would they yeah. be out for a press trip? That would be yeah. amazing because yeah, yeah, that seems to yes. be something to behold.
4: Their their garden, they seem to have made a lot of effort with it. So you know, yeah, yeah please,
0: can we come and visit? That would be yeah.
4: really <laughs>
2: really good. And and apparently, when you walk into the garden, because of all the shade and everything, even amongst all the heat waves and everything um it's actually really shaded you mm. know it's really cool and mm. and nice and quite a refreshing little sort of trip yeah. you feel like you're in a different different world almost yeah It well, you know. must be lovely yeah it, it looks really lovely and um i think as well there's um a lot of people i know they have a dog called mr darwin which isn't even even lovelier um but it's really just looks like a jungle in 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 what is otherwise a normal (laughs) road so um, yeah i think we should definitely visit (laughs) (laughs) that does actually remind me though i saw um
0: you know there's been a lot of stuff lately about how roads with trees on have managed to maintain cooler temperatures than roads that are just completely cut back and just completely residential and i think it is so interesting that hopefully now the tide will start to turn and maybe people who aren't gardeners will also start thinking actually maybe we need to put a bit of nature back into mm. this space yeah, yeah 100% and um, and actually like I know there's been a lot
4: about a um, lot of news about sort of uh, experts encouraging people not to just water their lawns for the sake of it i mean mm-hmm. i'm mine i can't say that i'm doing it for a, <laughs> a good cause i'm just lazy and i don't want to <laughs> water my lawn yeah. but like a lot of people are you know quite concerned about their lawn yeah. looking dry and yellow but it's like actually what um you know the idea of that you don't have that control over your garden that you should work with your garden yeah. and actually you know if there's a heat wave things are going to be dry and dusty for a little while and yeah. then grass yeah. will regrow it's yeah. so resilient isn't <clears throat> it that's a
0: big thing with the um rhs campaign that um they're saying it grows back so yeah. you don't need to
4: i've read somewhere it, can, it, it like survives fires it survives droughts it survives all all manner of things and it's an amazing plant really yeah, yeah? Um, you don't think of it in that sense so much do you just normal grass but
2: yeah it's incredibly and resilient. one of the strongest yeah hundred yeah, percent. yeah we oh. should we should all live by the message that grass gives that we, can, <laughs> we, can, we can regrow after anything <laughs> Yeah, we, we can live on <laughs>
0: <laughs> well yeah i mean on that note uh i think sophie if we get back to Get back to the magazine work, and Emily, I believe you've got some jobs on the board. Yes, I do. Check
4: for lingering tubers in the ground when pulling main crop potatoes. Any that are left can harbour disease over winter and lead to added problems next year. Encourage the last tomatoes to ripen by partly uprooting plants, laying them on straw and covering with a cloche to make sure you get to eat every last one. Keep the greenhouse well ventilated at all times, and damp down undercover spaces by spraying water on the ground to increase humidity. Cold winter nights may seem a world away now, but sow turnips and you'll thank yourselves later. It's also worth continuing to sow salad leaves to keep a conveyor belt of fresh leaves coming throughout the year. Have a fantastic week, and until next time, happy growing!
0: Thank you for listening to this series of The Dirt. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast for free so you never miss an episode.
2: We'd love it if you'd rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the word to your plot neighbours. Plus, we have an exclusive Grow Your Own magazine offer just for listeners of The Dirt.
0: All you need to do is visit growfruitandveg.co.uk forward slash GYO52, that's G-Y-O and the number 52, Or call 0800 904 7000 and quote GYO 52 to receive three issues for just £5. That's a saving of a whopping 76%.
2: Every issue of Grow Your Own is packed with gardening advice, expert tips and tricks, and jobs to tick off your list. And each magazine comes with a wonderful bonus gift such as selections of seeds. Check the episode notes for details and terms.
0: And on a final exciting note, remember to get in touch if you or any of your gardening friends have some great stories of successes and fails on the plot. You could be a guest on the next series.